All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Hello again, and welcome to Primitive Screwheads Talk Horror. I'm Screwhead Dan. And I'm Screwhead Andrew. And we are here once again to dissect this member and discuss horror movies. Today's horror movie, we are continuing on the reboot ween tradition. And we are going to go ahead and talk about the 2023 Exorcist Believer, uh, written by David Gordon Green of Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends fame. Uh, They paid $40 million for these rights. Now, like I mentioned before, we are going to go ahead and uh, kind of condense this into Hall- Reboot Ween, where basically we are doing a reboot every week for the month of October. We started off with the new version of Children of the Corn. That episode is up. You can listen to it. And last week we discussed Saw 10, also known as Saw X, um, another legacy sequel that uh, came on in after a lawn, lawn dormant kind of just a subduement hibernation, I guess is the best way to describe it. So now we're continuing with The Exorcist Believer, which is a 2018 Halloween-style reboot of The Exorcist series. We'll get into that in just a little bit. But first, Andrew, how the hell are you doing? You know, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, For those in the know, this is our third time trying to record this because... Yeah. (laughs) We've been been, having some issues. Uh, But, you know, I'm doing good, man. Uh, You know... um, I think I don't know. Things been going going pretty good. It's it's you know Halloween's booting up. I, I mentioned to you before, but I'm you know I'm, uh, I've been doing a horror movie a day lately, and sometimes twice a day depending on how I've been feeling. And it's been pretty good. Um, you know things have been uh, it's been it's been I've always tried to do this. It's been a long time since so I've actually gone through with it, like five years since I've actually been able to do a horror movie every day a day. Um, and so it's it's been it's been nice. I haven't, I haven't watched anything great yet, unfortunately. But uh, mm. you know, it's giving me a chance to look into some movies I haven't seen before, or you know, watch some old classics like some old Disney Channel original horror movies or Halloween movies, which has been uh, you know a fun experience. Uh, but how about yourself? Uh, yeah, no, doing good. I am curious in terms of like what are some memorable movies you've watched uh, this uh, Halloween or this uh, October season? So unfortunately, not a lot. Uh, so I've so again, I've been revisiting um, Disney movies. So like Halloween Town, Halloween Town Two. Uh, Phantom of the Megaplex has been great. Um, in terms of new things that I've seen, uh, The Curse of La Llorona I never got to see before, so it's kind of that. No, oh, I'm so sorry. It's it's apparently it's it's in the Annabelle verse, which is in the Conjuring. It verse. is. So it's I didn't know that. That was cool. Uh, honestly, it wasn't that bad. Like I feel like okay. I feel like there's movies like The Curse of La Llorona people would say are terrible, and you're like it was just fine. And then there's movies like Exorcist where I can't remember the fuck happened in it. Exorcist believer <laughs> and like. Those are two different things. I would always rather watch the Crystal Llorona than this movie. Um, yeah, but... this, this is this is one of those movies. We'll get into it, but uh, yeah, this this movie actively pissed me off. It was pretty bad. And actually, speaking of other legacy sequels that piss people off, I also saw the Texas Chainsaw Massacre from twenty twenty two. Again, I, but even that, like, maybe it's because I don't hold that franchise like dearly. But I was like, that's all right. Like, honestly, okay. the worst part about it was that it had Leatherface in it. To me, it's like. I just, I just don't, I don't like Leatherface as, um, I don't know. I feel like he was smart in this movie and he was like, I don't know. I liked him as like an idiot who was kind of the, he was just, you know, he was kind of like Michael Myers, the shape to a degree where he was just kind of like a force of nature that came after you. But in this movie, they made him kind of smart and they're like, look at him getting the upper hand. It's like, no, I don't want to shoot that shit. That's not, that's not how I want to see Leatherface getting shit done. Um, so that wasn't that bad. I, you know, again, after seeing this movie, not that bad. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, you know, that's, that's been a. It's been a fun time. I'm hoping to finish out the year strong, or the month strong. But how about you? How have you been doing? Definitely, definitely. Pretty good, pretty good. Um, 
Yeah, I'm trying to think like anything that happened to me since the past uh, time we recorded about exactly a week ago, and <laughs> I have nothing, honestly. My internet went out when we were trying to record this for the second time. That was fun. Thankfully, I only got like two minutes in. Um, and thankfully, both of us have photographic memories, so it was exactly word for word up until this point, exactly what we recorded the second time. Absolutely. So don't the worry. Exact same thing. Don't worry. You didn't miss anything on that front. All good. Oh. All good on that front right there. Actually, again, uh, but yeah. Yeah. I, re- I realized one thing that we should announce, uh, you know, a, a great news for everybody. Uh, Digimon the movie, the second movie is coming out soon uh, in November. So you should buy our tickets now. Just look look around. That, that's, that's my other update news. Digimon uh, Adventure Zero Two, the movie, which is like the Digimon Kizuna, the last evolution movie that came out last year or two years ago, which finished off the original Digimon series. This is finishing off the Zero Two series. It's coming out in theaters uh, in November. So everybody should go get a ticket. It's hor- it's, there's monsters. It's horror-related. It's the same thing. It's worth it. Uh, yeah. That, that's my other news. Sorry. <laughs> Sweet. Are we going to have to do a Digimon launch at this point as well? I mean, I fucking... I will do Digimon all day. Uh, did you also hear that... that <laughs> we do a whole re- Digimon podcast. That's how it would go. They're re-releasing the Digimon the movie also on Blu-ray soon? Uh-huh. That's, that's It's the original... So they're re-releasing the blue, Digimon the movie the Blu-ray. So, you know, that, that, that Western concoction where they mix the three Japanese movies together into one... Yeah, uh, and that was Digimon the movie with Angela Anaconda opening up, classic. Uh-huh. But what they're doing now, uh, Discotech, they got the rights to the original three movies. So our war game, uh, Hurricane Touchdown, and Digimon Adventure the movie. So this is, that's what those are the three little movies that made up Digimon the movie. They got the rights to them, and they're dubbing them with the original cast. So they're gonna have the original cast dubbing those original movies and then releasing them on Blu-ray as well. So. It's going to be pretty sick cool. uh, for all of you uh, Digimon fans, who I'm sure <laughs> is is definitely everybody who listens to this podcast. Uh, 100%. It basically, just like the Venn diagram between horror movie fans and Digimon fans is a circle. So Exactly. Like one, one circle. Same. same. And Alien fans, one circle. <laughs> same thing. One exact circle. But yeah, let's get into uh, Digimon then. And by Digimon, of course, I mean the Exorcist Believer. Uh, so I guess we could talk about kind of our history with this series as well, similar to what we did with Saw. Uh, what has been your history with the Exorcist franchise up until this point? And so, of course, I include the original Exorcist back in 1973, Exorcist 2, The Heretic, Exorcist 3, Exorcist The Beginning in 2004, Dominion, prequel to The Exorcist, and then finally Believer, as well as the TV show. So, um, this is, so I, I think I've been over, I, I am always a fan of series and franchises and I, I tend to love them and watch them all. Uh, the exorcist, I think as I maybe alluded to in our, uh, black Christmas episode, I've actually only seen the first one. Um, mm. never grabbed me. I'm not going to lie. I've, I, I, I watched the first episode of the TV series that came out cause I was, uh, vaguely interested in that. Um, but I've just, it never grabbed me. Um, exorcisms in general don't interest me. Um, and like, this is one of those things where the Exorcist 1 is a very well-made movie. And I think historically there's a lot of significance to it. It is a well-produced film. But, like... Just not for you. Yeah, I, I just... It's kind of the original Poltergeist. Like, you, you, they, like haunting movies don't usually get me. And I, I don't... I think it's just because a lot of them are that slow burn. But, like, unless there's, like, some kind of gimmick or something kind of going full force, it's just not my jam. Um, and again, but, but that being said, I think The Exorcist is a good movie. It's just not a movie that made me want to watch the others. And I've heard uh, mm-hmm. 3 is good. I've heard 3 is like a good movie, so I might watch it. I've heard the book's yes. also good, uh, Legion. So maybe at some point I'll go back and revisit that. Uh, but like I thought about revisiting The Exorcist before watching this again, and I, I just I didn't want to. I kept saying I should, mm-hmm. and I'm going to do it, but I, I, just, <laughs> I just didn't feel like it. Um, 
so like I don't know. It's it's weird because like you know I should talk about like Love Insidious and stuff, which is kind of like you know a possession movie. But I don't find a lot of straight possession movies to be interesting. I think that they need to be like over the top or something like that. But like these ones where it's just kind of some guy, you know, exercising and being like, "God hath sinned, your name is blah blah blah." I I can't. I I, I need I need lore and I need rules. And what interested me about The Exorcist was like, oh, Pazuzu. Fuck yeah, that's cool. Look into that. But then I'm like, ah, oh, he's actually not that big of a thing. He's not that big of a character in the other movies either. It's okay. Like, that, that's what lost me. If, the, if this was the Pazuzu or the Pazuzu series, I'd be all about it. In this movie, when I learned that the demon's name wasn't Pazuzu, I was fucking pissed. I was like, what, what's even <laughs> the point? This should be the Pazuzu. Like, this should be the Pazuzu series. Uh, um, so, like, I don't know. It's, it's just never been my jam. Again, appreciate it. It's... If I was a higher class individual, I would say The Exorcist is like amazing. I've seen it a million times, but I could probably say I've seen it like three times. Uh, I don't know. I, I, it's just it's it's not my type of horror. But how about yourself? Yeah, no. Um, so I did see the original back when I was in middle school. I believe it was one of those weird movies where my dad was just like, "Hey." uh let's go ahead and watch this scary movie and i'm like oh okay and we watched it and i remember like thinking i am way too young to watch this movie at this point and i do remember like in eighth grade um we were doing like introductions in my social studies class or something like that in terms of each other and people were asking like hey what's your favorite movie and i wanted to seem really cool because you know i had to be a cool earth grade and i'm like oh i saw the exorcist the other day and i was really 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 like that one and everybody else was talking like I don't know, Toy Story or Vertical Limit or something like that. I remember one kid was talking about Vertical Limit. Dude, who the fuck was talking about Vertical Limit? <laughs> it, uh, I don't remember his I mean, name, I'm not going to lie. The kid, the, the kid who said Vertical Limit was probably cooler. If you told me, if some kid was like Exorcist and somebody's like Vertical Limit, I'd be like, hmm. <laughs> I, might, I might be more a fan of the guy with where like they're carrying around like, what, what were they carrying around in that? Like, Were they like nuclear they weapons? Something was exploding. They had, there, was no nu- there was no nuclear weapons. Oh, well, no, yeah. They, they had, like, like some sort of chemical bomb to, like, jut the uh, rocks for you or something like that while and they, they were climbing. Some dramatic. I, that's, I just remember that. I remember the guy killing the guy by putting uh, air into his, uh, injecting with air with a needle and stuff. That was, that was insane. Man, yeah. vertical, I need to go watch Vertical Limit again. Damn. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But I do remember I liked it. I did watch it again later when I started getting a little bit more into horror in college. And I'm just like, yeah, this is this is good. I really do like it um, on that front. I, I'm kind of agreement with you. I've never been a huge fan of possession films. There just needs to be some sort of additional angle to it. But The Exorcist original is just so iconic at this point. It's such mm-hmm. a well-done movie that I just I can't help but just really appreciate everything that it did and just like it's just a very solid horror movie um i absolutely do not think it should have been a cover franchise though it is a standalone flick i don't think there's much more that can be done with it and judging for the fact there's really only one decent sequel which is the exorcist 3 um i did see that one it is a pretty good one mostly because it revolves around something called the gemini killer so it's kind of more of a zodiac style serial killer kind of flick um and there's some great scares in there Hmm. um but i i definitely recommend watching that one it's very different in tone from the original so um yeah just to clarify so so that one so that one it's about the killers possessed right yes i see that that's a more interesting story to me that's that's more Mm -hmm. interesting uh okay that that makes sense and then have you seen the second one yeah this the uh i do you think I saw the second one back in college again as I was kind of watching these all? Because I graduated in 06, but at that point, the, um, the, the the Dominion and the Nexus at the beginning would have been there as well. I don't remember ever seeing those ones, but I do remember 
yeah, the second one was just kind of a fever dream, made no sense at all, and was just really, really boring personally. So don't, uh, yeah, don't don't watch the second one. Third one is good for a standalone little thing. It, it definitely, the third one is definitely kind of strikes me as it was another movie that was attached to the Exorcist name, and they just kind of canned some scenes about, ooh, he was possessed, and that's kind of how it details. But standalone by itself, it's pretty good. Is, is, have you heard, I, I heard at one point I thought that like, uh, the Exorcist, the beginning, and Dominion were the same. I have no idea. I honestly don't remember anything about those movies. So I, I could. I, I thought I heard somewhere that they that they were like written by like the same people, almost something like that. Like they were they were produced at the same time because they're both the prequels to The Exorcist. But mm-hmm. like, I thought I thought only that was sort of based on the same script or something. I could, I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, or like, it, or like I think that's what it was. They, it was like a separate pitch. It was like another pitch for like. I think Dominion was another pitch for the beginning. I don't know. It just sounds insane. Um, uh, but yeah, stuff like that. But overall, yeah, I just um, I I really I, I do appreciate the first one a lot. I would say yeah, I really like the first one. <clears throat> I think it's one of those movies that any horror fan needs to watch at some point. Um, I do remember that little subliminal images of Pazuzu's face that kind of flashes when Father Karras is uh, kind of walking up the subway stairs. Mm. That one stuck with me. I do distinctly being terrified of that face um, in middle school and high school. And honestly, it still kind of freaks me out today. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The, I, I always like, see, that, that's that's far where this gets me. Every time I see Pazuzu's face, I'm like, oh, he looks so dumb. Like, <laughs> it, looks like, <laughs> it looks like some Evil Dead makeup just like kind of plastered there like on the side. I don't know. Like I... Uh-huh. I think I think I like I, I don't think I saw it until I was like maybe like fifteen or something like that. And I think I was just kind of like I don't know. I was I wasn't impressed. I think it's like one of those movies that I, like, I I'm going to go so back to watching Vertical that. Limit because I'm a cool kid. Yeah, exactly. I was like, let's go watch this guy get stabbed <laughs> with a needle. Like I think at that point I moved beyond possession. I was like, if I'm possessed, I don't care. Like I'm not I'm not there for that shit. I'm I'm gone. I don't don't that doesn't scare <laughs> me. Like I guess I think for me too is because The Exorcist is such a religious thing, and I am such a yeah. It was, it was never part of my existence that I was just like, I don't see the fear. I, I'm just like, that's this is dumb. Like, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. That was my... Yeah, and I, mm-hmm. I, and I think that's another big part, too, because, like, I grew up Catholic. I really did give, like, Catholicism a shot back in high school and college. <clears throat> and eventually, you know, I went full atheist afterwards. Um, and I still remain there to this day. Uh, but just, I, I do remember a lot of growing up the catholic guilt undertones i mean it's not even undertones it is just tones catholicism has a very 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 big part in the original movie because it is you know an exorcism main protagonist is a priest that sort of thing as well um but yeah it's uh i I guess that might be a different part of the upbringing that kind of gave us different perspectives on this movie Hmm. well and for me too like i think it's it's almost like pokemon to a degree and like digimon where like (laughs) when i heard about the great segue I, when, I, I, when I heard about the demons, I was like, yo, tell me more about these. Like, I'm interested in them. Like, I want to collect them. Like, let me know. Tell me, you know, what's his deal? What's he weak against? What are what are his strengths? Like, <laughs> like, you know, I'm like, tell me more about Pazuzu. I want to know everything about him. And I want to know, like, does he have a brother? Is he cool? If he got in a fight with this demon, who would win? Like, I, I was like that. Like, you know, I had the Dungeons and Dragons monster manual. I was like, does he look like this guy? Is he like that? Like, that, that's where, like, my mind went to. So the fact that the movie is like, no, no, no. All you're going to see is this little girl and this flash of this face. And it's pretty cool looking statue at one point. But that's that goes nowhere. Like, mm-hmm. that's... I think that's that's a lot of where my disconnect comes from. Because, um, like, I remember when I, uh, like, I was really into the like, the angels and demons, like, reading about them but as, like, a lore, you know? Like, I was interested in the lore of them. <laughs> and when these movies don't give me that lore, 
Like it's you know it's it's like Bagul. Like Bagul possesses people to a degree in um, Sinister, and you know, and, and in Insidious they get possessed by the red faced demon. And I'm so interested in those demons and those things that when I don't see them, and all I see is the person being like, "Your mother sucks cocks in hell." I'm like, yeah, like cool, <laughs> like nice nice phrase, demon. But then I think like, is that the demon? The demon possesses somebody to say that? Like, demon, what are you doing? Like, like you know, <laughs> like you know, like, I, I always love Annabelle for the scene where you see the demon holding the doll like moving it and you're just like what the fuck are you doing demon like those are the moments i like I, I love questioning what the demon's doing and, and the exorcist films we don't get to see the demon doing this shit i just i don't care i don't know mm-hmm. that's that's my uh prejudice um though actually before we get into this movie because i'm going on a bunch of tangents about this yes how do you spell the title of this film dan uh the x e x o r c i s t how do you pronounce it the, yeah the exorcist believer how do you pronounce exorcist exorcist is does that does it not sound like it should, there should be an r before the o exorcist uh, x or cyst no it, i disagree i the three I, syllables exorcist yeah but exorcist but nobody says it that way exorcist i feel like you're, you're adding <laughs> an r before the o, exorcist I, I i don't think so but i could be wrong i don't know i just don't think what do you think we'll have to if, settle it what if we create a great movie called x or cyst and it's about it's like a game show where either you have to like hang out with your ex or you get a cyst <laughs> and you're just like ah shit <laughs> like i don't know exorcist sounds so weird to me um but also sorry a very last nitpick before going to the movie uh-huh the first movie is called the exorcist so you think it's about the exorcist both exorcists in that movie die yes correct yes one has a heart attack one gets in a suicide yeah so if it was called pazuzu and it followed pazuzu around i'd be like okay cool but when the second movie is called The Exorcist, the third movie is called The Exorcist, called The Exorcist, but it's not the same Exorcist. And this no. movie, The Exorcist is the main character, more uh-huh. or less. Why is it called I The mean, The movie doesn't have to be named after the main character. Um, it does. You know, it's like Legend of Zelda. Zelda's not the main character. But she's a constant presence in the films. So both Exorcists are dead in the first one. That is true. But play, like, like, you know, it's like an alien. Yeah, it's called Alien. There's, and then there's aliens, multiple aliens. And Alien 3, there's Alien. It's a different alien, but it's an alien. Like, you know, I, I feel like there's, there's continuity in those titles. And, like, I feel like it should have been called, like, The Exorcist. I think Legion was, was a great name for the third one. I don't know what the second one's called. The next one should, this one should have been called Exorcists, because there's a lot of them. <laughs> two exor, two cyst. The only actual exorcist in this movie we see is a, is a dope. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, anyway, we'll talk I, about that one, too. Okay. Just, oof, get in there. So, All right, uh, but let me go into, uh, or, yeah, let me go into the general summary for The Exorcist, I guess. Attempt it. I believe in you. Okay, sounds good. So basically, Exorcist Believer, like we said before, this was a huge deal. Uh, Blumhouse uh, bought the rights to The Exorcist for like $400 million, something crazy like that. Uh, was it Blumhouse? Yeah, production company was Blumhouse, distributed mm-hmm. by Universal. Um, and basically, they looked at Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends and said, I want that guy. And you know what? Let's go ahead and get Danny McBride in here as well, which I don't know about you, but I've never been a fan of Danny McBride. I've never seen anything that I've really enjoyed him in. I don't think he's particularly talented. I, I, I don't know if there's something like he's done that everyone is just super impressed by. I, I Sure, I'll watch it, but I, I, I've never, like, really liked him. Have you seen Vice Principals? I'm sorry? Have you seen Vice Principals? Nope, never even him, heard of it. It's, it's him and Walter Goggins as two Vice Principals who are trying to be a principal, and it's like they're, like, scheme to get it. It's fucking amazing. Uh, okay, but also, cool. I'm offended, Dan. Why? Dan McBride is an alien covenant. <laughs> And he is fucking great. I, I, you, you heard what I said. You heard what I he said. He is great in Alien Covenant. And have you ever seen <laughs> yeah. Land Before Time with uh, Will Ferrell? Great in that. No, I didn't How see that one, actually. 
How dare you? Okay, I, actually, now I'm looking at his stuff right now. There is exactly one movie he's been in that I have enjoyed. And yes, that includes uh, Pineapple Express, Never Like That One. This same. is the end, Never Like That One. Same. Um, he, he's been in The Mitchells versus The Machines. Oh, classic. And he was Rick. And he, he did very good in that one. I do enjoy that one. But I mean, I like, how many Mitchells versus The Machines work. does there need to be to deal with something like Sausage Party? So, Oh, is he at Sausage Party? Uh, yeah, he was he was a big part in Sasha's party. I'm, I'm not surprised, but I'm sorry. You yeah. need to go back and watch Ellen Covenant. Uh, <laughs> and you really need to go back and watch uh, Vice Principals. It was really good. Uh, it, he he kills it in Vice Principals. He's really funny. It's, I, think, I think it's like, yeah. honestly his perfect character. Um, cool. But. Check that out. He did have a minor role in Up in the Air. That was a really good one, but he could have been replaced with anybody. So, I mean, I think I he know, just helped know. write some of The Exorcist. And actually, the weird thing is like, I could see his influence in Halloween, in Halloween, yeah. Halloween Kills, and Halloween Ends. I could see his, like, their jokes and shit. Did anything funny? Were there any jabs in Exodus Believer? No, not, not, not that really. that's, Not that he has to only do that, but I mean. Yeah, I mean, my audience was laughing, but it was just kind of at the ridiculous of this movie. So I, 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 I don't think, I think we got to get into what we thought of this movie. I, I hated this movie. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. So, okay. I, well, you keep going. Sorry, I'll, I'll go after. No, I think this is one of those movies that just like unanimously, like every single person who watches this movie is just like this. I expected very little, and it was even worse than I expected. I was actually before we got on there, I was reading some five star reviews that audiences had written about it, and it just feels like every single five star review is AI generated or very obviously astroturfing or something like that. Um, you know, just absolutely chilling. Every single five star reveal I read on Google is basically just like uses chilling in some way. Uh, oh, and then it was like, oh, of course, this is not going to outdo the original, but it never tried to. It terrified me. Some scenes had me frozen. And I'm just like, y- you're not a real person. I-, I-, I very much doubt it. And again, it like the Danny McBride, and if you like this movie, please let us know because it is. Yeah, I-, I hated this movie. And like, it was one of those movies where I continue to think about it more and more and it just pissed me off. Um, but we've been taking way too much time to get into it. So do you mind if I just go ahead and kind of get into the plot and we'll talk about that a little bit? Do it. Okay. So Exorcist Believer. Uh, this is, gosh, not even related to the first one aside from one legacy character who comes on back in a Laurie Strode style. You know, oh, it's this character and it's very impactful because this character is reprising a role after so long. Well, well um, it's not even actually, it's not even Laurie Strode style. It's like, uh, who's who's like a side character in this, the, like I don't know, the fucking sheriff maybe from Halloween coming back. Yeah, she's not even she. She's a barely a character in the first movie. She, as she said, she was not even in the room most of the time. Uh huh. And I got a great behind the scenes story on that one, but we'll get to that in just a little bit. Uh, but basically, yes. Uh, so completely new characters altogether. Uh, we have our main character who is uh, Victor Fielding, who was the only actor in this movie that I genuinely thought was like, okay, you're doing a pretty decent job. Um. Oh, it's I, Leslie Odom Jr. He's fucking amazing. I love I love Leslie yeah. Odom Jr. Yeah, he's great. I've actually never seen him in anything else besides Hamilton, but he's great in Hamilton. So, oh, wait, no, he was in Glass Glass Onion. Okay, never mind. Yeah, no, he's in a lot of things. I, I'm always surprised when I see him pop up. Yeah, I guess he's one of those actors I didn't realize how much he's been in until I started looking at his stuff. Yeah, okay, I'll keep an eye on him. But yeah, he was pretty good in this. Um, but everyone else was just there, there was some bad acting in this movie. Oh, especially the nurse neighbor. Oof. oof oh, give, I, nurse neighbor was the weirdest fucking character. Like, I, I don't understand yeah. the choice and how she delivered her line. Like, I didn't even realize she was. We're gonna a nurse have to get into it later. We got. We got. We got. 
yeah, we, we got to get into it later. There's a lot to talk about here. Uh, but basically, opening scene, um, Leslie Odom Jr. Um, is Victor Fielding, and he is um, married to his wife, very, very pregnant wife. They are vacationing in Haiti. They get split up. He, she just says, hey, I'm going to go back to the hotel because I'm tired. He says, okay, I'm going to go ahead and take a few pictures more of the city. Earthquake hits. Long story short, um, wife dies. And... They managed to save the baby. He does have a choice in terms of, do you want to save the baby or do you want to spoiler, save her? Spoiler, spoiler, um, No, it's the opening scene. Um, but yeah, that's that. When does he make and, that choice? Huh? When does he make that choice, do we? How many, how many does he make that choice? No, he. I, I'm not saying what he did. I'm just saying he has a choice. Oh, this oh, is like okay, the first okay. five minutes, Andrew. Gosh, oh, gosh. God. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, continuing on there. So basically, his daughter grows up um, and she's 13 at this point. She and her friend somehow come across some sort of seance ritual where they go into the middle of the ruins, go into this like World War II bunker or something like that, light a candle, and she tries to talk to her deceased mom. Uh, They disappear for three days, and to them, they think they've only been gone a few hours. And then, of course, as they come on back, both of these girls are slowly becoming more and more possessed, and weird stuff starts to happen more and more and more. Other major characters, the parents of the other little girl, um, are there as well. Um, they are Protestants, churchgoers, um, pastor, that sort of thing. On that front, there is the weird neighbor who has some sort of speaking in tongues church and voodoo rituals and very... Um, the, the movie's set in Georgia, so there's some Cajun influence on this point. Um, and gosh, I'm trying to think who else is in there. Oh yeah, the nurse neighbor. Let's talk about her then. Um so yes, there is a neighbor who is a nurse, and you 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 start out thinking she's a little bit of a bitch character because she's like complaining, "Hey, you're not taking your trash cans in. I'm going to go ahead and call the HOA." Um, but later on in the movie, she kind of becomes the Catholicism stand-in because she wanted to become a nun, but certain stuff happened and she didn't become it on that front. Um, but yeah, weird character on that front. But basically, that's it. Two little girls are possessed. It's the exorcist now, but now there's two girls that are possessed, and they have to use the power of all the religions to free them. Um, and that's basically it. That's that's the entire plot of this movie. And yeah, um, I personally hated this movie. Would not recommend it. I'm assuming you are the same way as well. I I didn't... So, again, I, these aren't as partial to me. Like I don't care about these movies in terms of the, the franchise, so I'm not offended by it. I almost feel so much nothing for it that, like, if you if it was playing and I had nothing absolutely to do, I wouldn't mind. But if there's anything else to do, I'd be pissed off. We put this on in front of me. If there, if it was like, if it was this or any of the Halloween those Halloween remakes, I would I would rather watch that. Like, mm-hmm. there's just to me, there's just nothing. Nothing happened in this movie, and like yep. that was what was most offensive to me about it. Is that, like it's not like I know you, you always say that you know you'd rather have it be really bad or, or you know good and kind of being in the middle is is the you know is not good or not you know the worst and that's kind of like this like i just have i can't say i hate it because i don't feel strongly enough to hate it you know mm-hmm. like it was really dumb but i don't like it doesn't warrant me hating it i guess like, i don't know uh if that makes sense but the, and that, that, that's worse than I hate so. a movie. I'd, I'd rather hate a movie like children of the core and that new one was really bad i'd rather i'd rather watch it than this because at least it was bad this mm-hmm. is just like what the fuck <clears throat> It's yeah, just boring. It's just, it is very, very boring. Um, I, I think for me personally, I am developing an unhealthy hatred of David Gordon Green. Again, mm-hmm. he is the director of this movie. He's also the one who did Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. And I, I, you know, honestly 
did not mind Halloween Ends. It was a bad movie, but I was entertained through the whole thing. Um, Halloween Kills, that was terrible. The original 2018 Halloween, I think I'm soured my opinion on at this point. And just, it just... Halloween, I could understand developing a legacy sequel to it. Yeah. Like, there, there's mystique to it. There's, you know, a simple plot. Um, Michael Myers has always been a little bit goofy on that front. So, like, I could see some sort of legacy trilogy kind of moving on in and creating a franchise from it. Exorcist was always very standalone. And it was a little bit more highbrow than Halloween, in my opinion. And now they're trying to do the exact same thing with The Exorcist as they did with the Halloween trilogy. And I just... It's very tone deaf. It feels very tone deaf. And again, this is someone who enjoys the original movie, but I don't. I don't have any affinity towards it. I don't care if they're like, oh, they're going to ruin it. It's just, I don't know. I like I said, I I think I texted you this, and I said something like, we need to make David Gordon Green our premium screwhead's nemesis, like um, <laughs> angry video game nerd with LJ Jen or anything like that. And we need to watch every single one of his movies and just talk about him. It's. I mean, yeah. I would agree, but I'm not watching. I'm not watching the next. I, I'm just fucking not. Like, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not watching the next. One, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, Dan, I, I, I'm. I'm going to be very honest with you. If we, if if I'm, I'm just not going. Like, I almost suggested us trying to not do this because this is our hundredth episode, and I was like, oh, you know, it makes sense because today David Gordon Green reboot, like our first episode was. But like, I, I I'm not going to watch them. <laughs> I'm just not going to watch the next one. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to. There's like. Halloween had the morbid curiosity of where it's going to go next. I do yes. not give a fuck where this is going. <laughs> I don't see how it could go anywhere. It's mm-hmm. it's like it, every interesting thing that this could do, it doesn't touch on. Like there are interesting elements that could be covered in this. Like again, like going into the demon, going into the like what's going on with these girls and like when they're possessed could be really cool. That scene at the end with the girl in the weird water area, I was like, ooh, that's kind of what's going on here. Nothing, fucking nothing. Um, mm-hmm. Like, and I like that you explained it as it's the Exorcist. But more girls, more religion. Like, it's, that's literally what it is. They're like, yep. it's, it's like the fucking Force Awakens. But they're just like, you know, we're going we're gonna to bring in a legacy old person who's going to come on and be like, not this shit again. And we're going to bring in two girls now because it's twice the fear. And, but like, they don't, but neither of them do anything. And you don't focus on either of them enough time to care about them. And then like, here's all the religions at the end. Which again is a cool idea. The idea of like, hey, here's all these different religions. And like the fact that like, like the kind of they talk about in Richard, Math- uh, Richard Matheson's um, I Am Legend. Where it's that idea that like vampires don't fear the bible they fear whatever they see as holy so if you are muslim you might fear the quran and that that, that would happen that way like that that's really and that's kind of this idea that like maybe the demon could be affected by other religions very cool done terribly done so bad mm-hmm. done and like uh uh like not giving us really any information on this just kind of like it was lazy it, it, it was yeah, so lazy a, that's the best way to describe it it's like a let's pull these religions together and i, th- I think they thought they were being really smart and really cool with it and it's like no like it's a movie called The Exorcist, and like again, like the exorcisms, it, it's like a it's like a Catholic Church thing, a Christian thing. Like, let it be that. Like, if you want to explore these other things, that's totally cool. Do it, but like, do it in the sequels. Like, th- this if this is The Force Awakens, if this is Halloween 2018, you have to do what they do. You have to reestablish the norm and then move on from there and develop that norm. But they don't. They just hop into it and change a bunch of shit and like don't give you a solid reason to care about anything here. Like this should have been a building movie and it really wasn't, it wasn't a movie that mm-hmm. built anything. Um, yeah. And I genuinely don't know what they're going to do from here. Honestly, I, I have one idea, but that's, we'll talk about this later. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's get into spoilers. Um, and we'll kind of go ahead and talk about what exactly this movie can be. I can sum it up in like three sentences and I'm going to try. Uh, so if you are 
curious about seeing this movie, which I would highly recommend against. Uh, this is going to be spirit territory at this point. You can stop listening now. All right. Um, so, yes, basically the entire movie is father who is atheist um, is slowly being put apart about these religions. And that was, you know, kind of in the first movie, Father Cross was kind of losing his faith. And that was kind of a big plot point in this. Mm. Um, but he this one, he's just like, no, I hate religion. It's terrible. All of it's awful. And then like it's, hey, why don't you go ahead and believe in it a little bit more because I go ahead and going to show you this pamphlet and there's so many coincidences. But then there's also to this, the Catholicism of the nurse, the girl's parents are Protestant. The neighbor across the hall is in the speaking in tongue, Cajun voodoo religion church thing. And it, it, it does kind of feel like you said, it, it, bigger, better. It, we have two girls and we have multiple religions and we're going to cram it all in, but there's no, thought behind it it's just they're there they're there's more religions every single one of us gonna work together there's no coherence between them all there's no thematic there's no conflict between them it's just we're gonna make it bigger and i really like the comparison you made to star wars it's you know in star wars where oh when they blew up a croissant that was a really dramatic moment in the first movie let's do the same thing but for five planets that's basically this movie in a nutshell I, i i love the way you phrase that it's oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And actually, Dan. So this, the, the, you brought this up. So is the believer an exorcist believer? Is the believer Victor? Who's the who's the believer in exorcist I believer? I, I think it was like he believes in his daughter or something like that at the very end, or he believes in his mother because that's what saves her at the end, doesn't it? It's like because in the opening scene she got some sort of blessing for her child some sort of aura of protection in the haiti markets um and that i i guess is why she survives at the end of the movie it's i thought that's why she survived i thought that's they're implying that's why she survived like the accident thing i don't uh, know because well, I, I, I thought it was going to come back like it's going to continue on in because why else would they set that up i mean it would have yeah. been great if it came back in if it did they did not do it clearly uh because well, like that's that's the thing about that's kind of weird is because um, the, the the reason that she survives at the end is because uh, Lamashtu or the 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 demon in this one the, the Pazuzu of this story basically tells the parents that like yo I got two kids I only need one so you guys have to pick which one I keep uh, which I would have loved if it, if like you know you know they're talking in voices if it was like do you want to play a game. <laughs> you don't value. I was kind of thinking that too, actually. No, you must take yeah. one. Uh, but then at the end, she's like, "Jokes on you! By choosing one kid, I actually am going to take the kid that you chose, and you get the kid you didn't choose, just to fuck with you." Kind of like actually like... happened with, with like. And the thing I love about that too. This is the second time that uh, um, uh, Angela wasn't chosen and was stayed alive mm-hmm. <laughs> twice in her life, not chosen stayed alive that must feel really bad <laughs> um uh but yeah like that, that that's like that's in that's i think in the in the canon of the story i think that's what happened is that the reason she survived is because Catherine's dad said he wanted to save her which is tragic and like mm-hmm. i felt like Catherine in this movie got the shit into the stick i feel like nobody's on Catherine's side in this movie i felt like Catherine like really wasn't highlighted as a character at all and like i think they almost kind of made her seem like the the 
I don't know how to say the uh, the bad one. She's one that the, the mom's like, "Ooh, you're wearing makeup to school." Like, "Ooh," like I feel like they tried to make and like I don't know. I feel like they tried to make it seem like she was like the bad one, so that that's why it made it was okay when she went to hell at the end. And you're like, I don't. I think that's part of it too. Is I didn't have any stakes on these characters. Like we we knew who Angela was. We knew the background, but we don't really see her and Vic, like I, I thought the beginning scene of her and Victor kind of playing peekaboo or scaring each other was kind of cute. And that was a fun little moment. But we don't really see a yeah, lot. Yeah, I never. I, I want to go and jump on that too because I never really got a good hold on the relationship between the father and daughter, the main the main father and the main daughter in this movie. Like, do they hate each other? Are they working together? Are they playful with each other? Because like it's just kind of all over the place. And I get you know it's a teenage girl, of course, it's going to be precarious at times and it's going to kind of move back and forth. But at the same time, it's just. I, I never got a good sense of how these two characters interact in a normal situation together. Well, and there's that mm. weird scene where Victor is kind of an ass and is like, hey, uh, Catherine's parents, my daughter and I are really close, so she tell me things. But you probably, your daughter might be a bitch, so like, maybe she shouldn't tell you shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> he like, calls them out and is like, yo, me and my daughter are really close. You wouldn't understand that, would you? But like, we're really close. So she'd tell me if she's doing something weird. Your daughter seems kind of fucking sketch. She's probably hiding shit from you. And it's like, what the fuck, Victor? Like, <laughs> both of your kids are missing. And he's like, goes up to them and is like, you don't have a good relationship with your kid, do you? Like, what an asshole. Like, yep. like I, again, I like Leslie Adam Jr. I like him in this movie. Uh, but his character is kind of a dick. And then the parents of Catherine are just kind of like pushed to the side. Which is, again, weird. It, 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 in a movie where the plot is that there are two people are possessed, it's really about Angela being possessed. And then Catherine, you know what's going to happen the entire time because she's the second one who's not really highlighted at all. Like, mm-hmm. I only know Catherine's name by looking it up. Uh, that's the only way I know it. Because, like, it wasn't – she wasn't a character. She had the, the body and the bloodline, which they showed in every fucking trailer. Uh, yes. Which was not nearly as powerful as they made it seem like it was going to be. I thought some crazy shit was going to go down based on the trailer. Nothing happened. Nope. And that's basically, yeah, the trailer was like the entire scene. That's it. <laughs> it's just like, like, it's weird. And it's also weird because it almost like seems to like, for, again, for an exorcist movie, uh, and for, again, like we mentioned, is, you know, is very related to Catholicism and stuff and like religion. It's weird that like the atheist family is the one that kind of like gets out while the religious family is the one who kind of dupes, it seems like. Mm hmm. Which, again, I'm, I'm an atheist. Cool. But, like, it seems like, I don't know, it should be the opposite. Like, it, it almost seemed like it was, like, I don't know, like a, a slap back against religion, which just feels like a weird thing for an exorcist movie. Like, if you think about it, like, right? Because then when um Father M, what's his name? Father, Father... His name's Father M. Maddox. When Father Maddox. Maddox okay comes back in his because they're, they're doing that avengers moment where they're like you know they come around and they're like you have my bible and my voodoo thing and then you know they they all start praying around the kids to give them shit uh which i'm exorcism, exorcism sound hilarious where they're just like they just read yeah poems. okay so hang on we're, uh, we're, we're jumping all over at this point real really quick I, I think we we got to establish some ground rules in terms of what exactly happens and how to set up this particular scene so okay. yes the climax at the end of this movie basically is this avenger style team up of Every single religion gets together in this room to perform the exorcism. Again, it's like, okay, the first one just had two priests. This one's going to have five priests and then three different religions coming on in. Um, Yeah, it's, again, not any subtle at all, but continue. 
Yeah, and, and, these, and these two girls are sitting, like, basically, this is their final thing, because, like, none of the stuff we've been doing working, so we're going to have our own um, exorcism. And so they do this, and they originally uh, kind of organize this exorcism with Maddox, Father Maddox, who's been present throughout the entire movie. He seems like a pretty cool dude, you know? He's just a chill guy. Uh, and so I think he is, what is he? Because they have, they have the Catholic, like, sorry, is it Christianity and Catholic? Yeah, they have, they have uh, so they have... A Baptist pastor. They have a Pentecostal preacher. I'm just I'm basing this off of what I'm reading online. Yeah, it's like a Protestant Pentecostal sort of thing. What, what, what Pentecostal mean? Is that is that a Protestant? It's another denomination. Wait. Yeah, I'm don't don't you're going down a rabbit hole. I really am. I don't, I don't understand. Uh-huh. I don't understand religion. I apologize. Yeah, anyway, they're, they're, so, they're, they're denominations. Think of them as like Protestant, like preacher, power Christ compel. Well, not power Christ compelology, but just like preacher. That sort of thing, right, um, but yeah, no. Father 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 Maddox is a member of the Catholic Church. He is a priest in there. Um, yeah, he's just another Catholic priest. All right. So originally, he goes to uh, he goes to the people. He goes to his like homies, whoever whoever he reports to his the diocese. Yeah, the, that, that there you go, diocese. He, he reports to the diocese, and he's like, "Yo, guys, I'm gonna go do this crazy mixed religion um, uh, thing," and they're like, "Exorcism," and they're like, "No." Which is weird because in the beginning of the movie he says I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do this exorcism and they're like yeah that's cool we'll support you in any way uh, and I, it kind of made me flashback being a teacher we're like I had this great idea and they're like we'll support you and then you go to do it and they're like mm, maybe not uh, but so he goes to there and he has this hero moment where they're like oh no all of our things are failing and it's like Goku appears out of nowhere and it's, and he comes in <laughs> with his to spirit bomb him and uh, I believe it's actually is it both Catherine and Angela. They both kind of like they possess. While he's reading the Lord's Prayer, they like turn their necks to do the Reagan neck turn around, which is already done multiple times in this movie. Because why not? Uh, and it snaps his neck, and he dies. Um, yeah, it is. It is the most like anticlimactic thing. You think like, okay, this is gonna be the climax of the movie. He's gonna come on in because throughout this movie, they've been establishing like he's basically saying, I can't go in, I can't go in. And there's this moment where uh, Leslie Odom Jr. taps on his car window and says, hey, the fight's in here if you want to join us. But he comes on in and immediately dies. And it's just like, oh, okay. Well, and like, and first off, Leslie, uh, way to just fucking like leave your kid in the middle of this thing. I'm going to go outside and talk to this priest guy. Well, my daughters are get, like, my daughter's getting like accosted by uh, these uh, exorcists. But um. Like yeah, like, so that 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 scene there again made me feel kind of this was like a cruel movie in terms of like that like I don't know, like not again not that it can't be that's it's totally fine to you know yeah. uh, usurp expectations, uh, except the wrong word but you know flip them and whatnot, but it just felt like mean spirited for that and again mm-hmm. I don't care like I'm not religious but it just felt like in these kind of stories that should be the person who is the savior to the degree and it would make sense because we've been following him and his story like. I think we, we, it's it, it felt very David Gordon Green, honestly. It, it's the same type of like you're not sure whether to laugh or whether to feel like horrified at it as some of the moments in Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. Hmm. Um, I, I, I think that's kind of his brand at this point, or that, like one kind of a David Gordon Green ism. That's true. Oh, it's, it, but those moments where you're just like, like I wasn't like horrified or I didn't laugh. I was just like, why? <laughs> like, 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 you know, like, I was like, he and Danny Trejo wrote it, and we're like, not Danny Trejo, sorry, uh, Danny McBride wrote it, and we're like, this would be great, what a, what a flip, flip, flip in the switch, and you're just like, okay. Like, I already wasn't invested, I thought this guy was an okay character, and now he's just snapped his neck. Like, yeah. And, and I guess part of it is it like, part of me is wondering, like, was it because the diocese didn't approve that made him vulnerable? Because, like, 
why aren't they known to everybody else? Was it because he was, like, doing an unsanctioned uh, exorcism that, like, you know, he's weak, you know? Like, you need mm-hmm. to be supported by the church because he wasn't? Um, in which case, like, I, I'm very curious as to why other people aren't dying. Uh, you know, like the girl who did the sin that she, uh, the, the nurse who sinned, you know, did a quote-unquote sin that, you know, society doesn't forgive her for. And those kind of things. And, like, those, you know, the, it's weird that he died. I don't know. It, I just, I'm just confused. Like, I yeah. want exorcism. If you're making an exorcism thing and there's a logic to it, I want to know the logic and I want it to make sense. Even okay. if it's, like, just yeah. power scaling. I don't care. Give, give him, like, over 9,000 that's why it happened. Just show me why that <laughs> happened. Like, why yeah. did this ever happen? happened in the past yeah and it, it, this this movie is just very thoughtless in terms of, of they, they set up a lot of weird stuff like another scene that kind of stuck out to me is kind of a danny mcbride ism or not danny mcbride uh, david gordon green ism is um when uh leslie Ohm jr is kind of looking around for his daughter and comes across like oh there's a homeless uh camp in the um uh in the forest where they got lost in i'm gonna go ahead and just kind of talk to them and see if they know anything about where my daughter is and like the guy is eating a hot dog and he's just like oh maybe she was looking for something else and then kind of sticks up the hot dog through his fingers simulated that she's having sex and it's just like really like it was a gross joke and it didn't fit in with the tone of the movie at all and i'm just like that 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 definitely felt like a david gordon green kind of toss in what well, joke on that front I completely agree. Like, I thought that that set so weird with me, partly because I feel like Leslie Odom Jr., like, you know, there, obviously there are some, you know, there's, and like, I feel like that it, it instances of homelessness, there's a lot of uh, high population of mental illness and stuff, and some people who might not, you know, understand the nuance and maybe not doing that at times, or, you know, for other reasons. But um, it, it, I feel like, you know, his character is the smart guy, so you, you probably wouldn't approach people like that. But also, like, you know, people are people. Not a lot of people, not a lot of people are going to make jokes about, like, a child getting, like, raped or, like, having sex. Yeah. Like, you know, again, like, it's a 13 year old girl like it's yeah, just people can read the room yeah and it's also weird that he's like no my daughter like so often in this movie leslie Odom jr's character and again i like him as an actor i think that's bad reading is he'd go up and they'd be like maybe your daughter right away not my daughter we're close you know like maybe this that maybe she went to go do this not my daughter we're close maybe like it's it's this really like that's all he says all the time there's not like mm-hmm. there's not there are ways to show that and ways to do that that like would make things more interesting and they just don't like we don't it was it, tell don't show for exactly. so much of this movie and i yeah god it was it was bad it was really really bad um but yeah um so basically just kind of going on in from this one as well um another big plot point is when leslie odom jr is kind of searching in terms of why is this dot why is my daughter behaving like this he kind of stumbles across the rabbit hole of oh there was this exorcism that happened in uh virginia a long time ago um with this uh guy named with this girl named reagan mcneil and that leads him to meeting up with um um chris mcneil uh played by ellen burston who is reprising her role as this character and she kind of plays the role of the old mentor oh yes i know exactly what you're going through i've been through this before so many decades ago you're dealing with pure evil blah 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 blah, blah. and she a hundred percent phoned in her performance here like oh, she was fine in the first movie I've never considered her to be like a scream queen like Jamie Lee Curtis or anything like that, but she a hundred hundred percent phoned in um, her performance in this one. And I did a little bit of research because I'm just like, okay, what, what what's the reason for this right here? Uh, she's been long since retired, and apparently she did not want to do this movie whatsoever. And let me pull up because I have an actual article that referenced this. Um, but basically... 
I'm going to quote this exactly. So this is her own words. I've turned down so many versions of The Exorcist 2. I've said no every single time. This time they offered me a whole bunch of money and I still said no. And then they surprised me when they came back and said, we doubled the offer. I said, okay, let me think about this. I thought that's a lot of money. Let me think about this. And the next thing that came to mind was, I feel like the devil is asking my price. And the next thought that came to mind was, my price, a scholarship program for talented students at our master's degree and program at Pace University. That's my price. And went back up to their up and they said yes. So now there's a scholarship program for young actors because she funded her performance of this movie. And you know what? I can respect that. That yeah. She's doing stuff for other people on that front. I'm okay with that. But yeah, terrible, terrible performance. The scene, long story short, there, there's a scene where they go to investigate Catherine, the other little girl, um, not the main character's little girl, but she's at home, she's possessed, and... Um, Chris uh, Ellen Burst and Chris McNeil goes on up there by herself she's like oh I know how dangerous this is do not underestimate this demon and then the very next scene she's like oh I'm gonna go ahead and be alone with this demon and she gets her eye stabbed out with a crucifix like what did you expect to happen it's it, it feels like they were mean-spirited towards the character it feels like it's just a really bad character in general at this point bringing her back uh, they, they they try and pray a lot of weight and gravitas like i don't know it's like a ghost of yoda or obi-wan kenobi showing up again in star wars i i, I do like <laughs> star wars that was a pretty good apt representation of how this movie feels like it was trying to be um mm. but there i remember this monologue right after the whole catherine scene after she gets her eyes steined out where basically she is just completely monologuing about the power of faith and the power of hope and it is the most cliched, terrible line read, terrible dialogue. I I was so upset at that. That that was the point of the movie where I like I genuinely started hating it. It was just like David Carter Green, we you can't keep getting it right with this. Well you it, can't. It, well the thing with her is like too is like I just don't understand why Chris is the character we get back. Like I understand that Linda Blair didn't really want to be in that one to this movie. No. Or they're trying to maybe save her for the sequels. I don't quite know. But it's such a weird thing to bring in her, that bring in Reagan's mom and have her mom be this person who's all about the exorcism and has written a book about it, which she, it further alienated her daughter from her. And, like, yeah. and, ha, you know, has become like this, like, again, like she even mentions she, she's not, you know, she's not in the room with them. And she says, you know, and they, she makes a joke about being the patriarchy. I'm like, oh, that's, you know, like, yeah, that's religion, man. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, like, the fact that she didn't want to go in for because, you know, they made that joke about that. And it's like, oh, that's a funny kind of throwaway line. Uh, but also, like, you weren't really part of the situation, so it's weird for you to become, like, the hero, you know? I hated the line where they ask, why weren't you in the room when your daughter was possessed? Oh, it was because of the patriarchy. Ma'am, two priests died. It wasn't that. That wasn't the reason. Did yeah, you like also, see the original movie? No. Uh. It's like, also, you know who else wasn't in there? The police officer wasn't in there. Your husband wasn't in yeah. there. Yeah. So many people weren't uh. in there. And it, it's just, there was the two priests who were in there because it was dangerous and they need to focus. Like, the and, two and, qualified and that's, people. They're, they're, they're the only there. people that can do anything in that situation. Like, yeah. Uh. And then, like, her character going in to try to exercise uh, Catherine really made no sense either. Because, like, we don't get the impression that she's ordained or anything. 
And mm-hmm. like, if the whole thing about this is that you need that religious reason, and like again, as you mentioned, both of the the priests went in there and died. Who taught her how to do this? Who taught her what's going on? Like nobody theoretically knows what happened in there with Reagan, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's like it's like if my partner went through like some sort of really really bad surgery, and I was just like, "Can I be in the surgical room with you?" And they're like, "No, because you're not a surgeon." And I complain, maybe the fem- the surgeon is female or something, a woman, and I'm just like, "That's sexist." The reason why I couldn't save my partner is because I, the, the, the the matriarchy or something like that. It, it was so dumb. It was it was a very dumb line. It's, it's almost like she uh, has like the, the 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 opposite message from Barbie from the Barbie movie where Ken goes yes. to the doctor's office like I have a pen I am a doctor. It's like it's like that. It's like no, that's not how that works. Like <laughs> like and, and like, that's like God, you know, what a great movie. Barbie uh, Barbie is great. See Barbie, Bar- don't see this Barbie's movie. Barbie's amazing. <laughs> but like uh, that's that's like that's what they also made character. I just I didn't care about Chris. Like she appeared. I'm like okay. Like you're not that she's a minor character. She was a major character in the first movie. But like you, Reagan's the people person people remember. It, it's either the priest or Reagan. That's who you remember from the movie. Just because they're the, uh-huh. they're the main actors, more or less. Um, you know, and it's just it's so weird for her to be the person that they bring back and the person to be like they walked back from hell. And you're like, how? Like <laughs> she comes to that conclusion that they went to hell and walked back. And I'll be like, how did you get to that conclusion? And also like metaphorically literally literally did they did they walk into 500 hell? miles and 500 more is that, I, is that like, what's going on well exactly like it's like like if the demon is inside them right so it, it, it theoretically gets a spiritual journey i'm imagining it's, it's like going into the further right but then their feet are fucking burned and you're like what what is this like chris you need to explain to us what the situation is of them going to hell like it sounds cool they go into hell and come back with them <laughs> but what is that like how did that happen? Explain this to me. I need to know this. I need to know the story of how this. Like, because again, that's a cool idea. When we see how visualized at one point later, I thought that was really interesting. And they they allude to these cool ideas. Like, I would love like that would make be an interesting thing if you see like you know like Dalton sleepwalking or dreamwalking, whatever you call it, astral projecting. It's basically what happened, right? She they astral projected, I'm assuming, and they came back and a demon took over, took over and possessed them. It's like literally exactly the plot of Insidious, uh, but then just terrible, <laughs> like. Uh, I don't know. And then when she got her eyes out, I didn't care. Um, yeah, no, I didn't either. I was just. What, what did you think of her ending? Um, so the ending. This is kind of like the very last scene in the movie. Is after exorcism is done, um, Leslie Odom's junior sur- daughter survives, and the other girl, Catherine, dies um, because the the, the the choice they had to make. Um, basically, at this point. They cut on over to Chris McNeil, who is in the hospital, and she's just kind of, like, very sad, just like, oh, it's over again. And then a woman walks in, and it's Linda Blair as Regan McNeil, and she's like, I'm here, man, because they had been estranged the entire movie because Chris wrote a book about the experience, and Regan didn't like that. Um, So finally, they kind of reclaim themselves, and it's supposed to be this big heartwarming moment of, like, oh, these two legacy characters are finally... One, I am so sick of these legacy sequels kind of coming on back and saying like, oh, that happy ending you thought last time? Well, no, they're actually miserable for the next few decades. I I, I just, I really don't like that. Um, Which is why I'm glad my favorite movie of all time, Back to the Future, will never have any more sequels. Fingers crossed. Not kind of Why not? Yeah, because because it's perfect. They wrapped it up. There's no, there's nothing more to be told there. It's done. Happy ending for everybody. Um, but basically, that's that. And it, it was just a very ham-fisted, bittersweet, cheesy moment that had no claim whatsoever. There was no 
thought process behind it. It was just kind of chucking it off at that point. It, it didn't earn it. It was not an earned moment. No, I completely agree. Because well, like you said, like, you know, Re- Reagan is the character we all know. And it, at the end, it was just like that moment to be like, I, see, I almost like this also sequel bait. Really big. Reagan's back. You know, I feel like it's, I feel like part of it is like, Reagan's back. She'll be in the next one. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't care. It, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, Star Wars again. It's Luke at the end of Star Wars, uh, The Force Awakens. It's mm-hmm. the character that everybody knows. Like, I don't Linda Blair's name. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know fucking Chris McNeil's actor's name. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know Chris McNeil's name until I like looked it up on Wikipedia. But you know, everybody knows Reagan from The Exorcist. Linda Blair yeah. is a very common name from The Exorcist. You know, she's she's like horror royalty, right? Yeah. Uh, and it, it, but you know, she's not in this movie, but she's mentioned. She talked about it, just like Luke and Star Wars. And at the end of this movie, they show here she is. Like here she is. Come see the next one to see more of Reagan. And, like, I don't care. Like, mm-hmm. Reagan wasn't important. It was Pazuzu who possessed Reagan. Unless we're implying that Reagan Pazuzu, like, is still lingering in her. And that could be a cool thing. Like, that, if I was to do the series, I would make it that the exorcism failed or something, you know. You know, once, once you're possessed by a demon, you can never fully get rid of them. There's, you know, the, even though they got pushed back to hell, the path is still paved. They can still make their mm-hmm. way back. That'd be, that, that'd be an interesting way to go with it. Um, but also at the same time, I don't know how, how, how they would do that. Like, I don't think an adult possessions, you know, I don't, I don't think they're, they're willing to risk, you know, like, like, you know, you were saying before, like it's, it's a rehash of the first one with two kids. So if there was an adult, that'd be too different. So we need two kids instead. Um, mm-hmm. So that's why Reagan's not in this one as, as like a, a main character or something. Um, yeah. Like, I, and I just... again, I, I think like the, the collapse of the family of Chris and Reagan could have been the plot of this movie. Mm-hmm. That could have been an interesting thing. It could have been, Chris going around doing something because she fucked up with her daughter in the past. You know, not only does she not want to happen with her, but then she became interested. She got ordained. You know, she's doing her shit because she doesn't want what happened to her daughter to ever happen to anybody again. And her daughter is estranged from her because she, you know, that scarred her for life. Maybe she doesn't want her mom doing that. She doesn't want her mom fucking around that shit because that's what got her in this situation in the first place. That could be the thing. And that in their reunion at the end could be worth it. But when you don't see the issue, their fall apart, like, you know, you don't, you don't even get like insidious red door levels of that. I mean, we can't we can't have that much it's like there's no investment and like to place emphasis on a movie to make the investment a payoff for a movie that came out like 30 years ago that most the kids who go to see these horror movies because that's a lot of blumhouse i feel like things are kids who go to see these it's not going to be worth it it's just going to seem like who the fuck is this like i imagine how many kids saw that and like who the hell is she who's reagan is that the character from mob psycho 100 what a great show you know like <laughs> I, I, I just can't. I just don't get it. Like it, it's, yeah. I don't know. It's a dumb. It's very thing. lazy writing. And just the more and more I think about this, I, I, I had some notes of just like little clips that I remembered and quotes that I remembered, like the pre the the, the, the police officer after the kids were missing, and he's just like, oh, maybe they're just doing girl stuff. Just like, sir, the girls have been missing for like five hours at the or six or seven hours at this point. You found their missing shoes, and you're just blowing it off. Okay, well, maybe that one's a little bit more truthful. Uh, or could actually, realistic could happen on that one. Um, again, the monologue of that Linda, uh, not Linda Blair, um, uh, Chris, Chris uh, yeah, does about like hope and faith and all holy beings and that sort of thing too. The Avengers style team up of all religions at the very end. And that pissed me off, I think, more than anything mm-hmm. in this movie. Uh, you know me, listeners, I think you know me as well. I am not a religious guy at all. I, I, I grew up Catholic. I'm a pretty staunch atheist at this point. But I, it was 
borderline offensive at some points, especially with the um, the, 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 the the speaking in tongues religion. I, I don't remember the exact term for it, but it's like they have voodoo magic and they're blowing smoke and you know the smoke is turning into some sort of other energy and they have weird stuff it it, it was very lazily quick little wikipedia article what are some traditions they have in there okay cool let's go for it there was absolutely no religious consulting done in this film Um, and for most movies i'd be okay with that but this is kind of the exorcist this is this is catholicism has a very very big part in the exorcism um in the exorcist in general so yeah, it was bad. It was really, really bad. It was not great. Uh, though, Dan, have you? Do you know the story of the Jabberwock and the Jabberwocky? No, neither do I. Uh, <laughs> but at one point, it's it's, 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 it's so I, I thought you seemed like a learned man. So I thought you would say I thought you'd answer that question with a yes. I thought you'd be like I do know about the isn't, Jabberwocky. Isn't that a, isn't that a uh, isn't the Jabberwocky a weapon from Skyrim? <laughs> uh, so. Uh, it might be. I'm pretty sure it's also in. Um, cause I know there's the Bandersnatch in. Um, oh, Evil. hang on. I got. Uh, I got. I got the sudden memory. I know exactly what it is right now because I have a photographic memory, and I it just. But that part of my brain clicked again. Um, Jabberwocky is a nonsense poem written by Lewis Carroll about the killing of a creature named the Jabberwock, and it was introduced in his 1871 novel Through the Looking Glass, Glass, the sequel to Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. And in an early scene where she first encounters the chess pieces, the White King and the White Queen, Alice finds a book written in a seemingly unintelligible language. Realizing that she's traveling through an inverted world, she recognizes that the verses of the pages are written in mirror writing. She holds the mirror to the poems and reads the reflected verse of Jabberwocky. And she finds the nonsense verse as puzzling as the odd land she's passed into, later revealed as a jam scrape. It is considered one of the greatest nonsense poems written in English. Its playful, whimsical language has given English nonsense words and neologicisms as galumphine and chortle. So there we go. See, I, I'm a learned man. I there, definitely okay, didn't there, just read off the Wikipedia article. There, there you go. So, like, generally, I feel like in movies when somebody's talking about, like, there's a scene in this movie where they're talking about the, the Jabberwock. And generally, when, like, you know, when you see that kind of thing, you think, um, you know, it's going to have some bearing on the movie. So I was curious if you happen to know if there's anything, you know, if the Jabberwock had anything to do with this. Uh, but, like, I, I, I assume I that it's just, like, a monster of sorts. Uh, so maybe that was it. Maybe it was just about a monster that they come across. Well, I guess, right, because they go into a different land and they come back and the monster chases them. So maybe that's Yeah, and I that... wanted to find out more about what happened in there. Like, w- were they in hell for that three days and they couldn't remember it? Like, that's what I want to know. That, yeah, that, like, they, they, they don't explain it at all. It, well, it's yeah. not even like in a mysterious, ooh, what's happening? No, it's just, they don't explain it. They don't even hint at it. They're just like, okay, let's move on to the next thing. Wait, they also, if they go to hell, are you possessed when you go to hell or do they become possessed? Because like, they have no recollection of this. They just say that they woke up. And I guess maybe that's part of them being possessed. Because maybe, maybe uh, Lamashtu was like, nah, bro, I'm not going to let you talk about that shit. But like, yeah, I want to know like, how the possession really occurred. Like, I feel like in the original Exodus, wasn't she playing with the Ouija board? And that's kind of what, what opened things up. Was that what opened Reagan up to it? I don't believe so. Uh, yes, yes, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So, so in this, you know, they, they, like you said, they do the um, it's the anniversary of the mom's death, I believe. Uh, so they they do the, the ritual to talk about it, which also, again, we don't really talk a lot about Catherine in the movie. They make her seem kind of like a dick. Uh, you know, the 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 more not nice one, I guess, or the you know the, the less pure one, I suppose. But the mean girl. She, what a, what a bro to take your friend out into the woods to help her like talk to her dead mom. Like what a ride or die, but best like best bro to be like, hey, 
we're going to set up a situation where I'm going to help you and we're going to navigate like a situation to lie to our parents about where we are so we can go out and you can try to talk to your mom that you're grieving. Like, wow. Like, what a buddy. She got possessed helping her friend try to communicate with her mother. Like, yeah. that's, that's a pretty nice character. But then yeah. she's, but then like, yeah, we learned nothing about her and she's just killed. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Um, that was dumb. Uh, okay. Yes. But yeah, I don't think the Jabbok is going to do with this, but I agree. It would have been nice to see something again, again maybe there was some like, if there was some hinting at the jabberwock or about some like monster coming after them and possessing them that would have been kind of cool uh i also don't get why lamashtu knew who uh reagan's mom was and was like i know you reagan's a bitch or something like that like mm-hmm. when she says that and you're like but then we find out it's not pazuzu so you're like do you guys just like chat yeah, I mean, all, all... there's like a demon social network where they can just talk shit about people. So they're like, "Yeah, fucking Reagan. I I got two priests at yeah. least." Mm, <laughs> She's like, "How how many can you get? How many priests did you get?" Lamash. She's like, "I got one." And I, t- <laughs> and I t- it took two kids to do it, but I got one. And also, like, scrub. Can, can you possess two people at once, Lamash? Do or are you just like going back and forth between them? Like, yeah. It's also weird because I think, like, I, you know, I clicked on the I clicked on the link to who Lamash was, and I think it's like some demon who like steals children which makes sense for the ending of the movie uh, is that also what pazuzu does are they just all about stealing children like i don't know man uh mm-hmm. some actresses fans out there is like no you fucking idiot pazuzu's the god of fire or something yeah <laughs> but, oh jeez. but anyway yeah, yeah um, just bad movie bad movie all around i could continue for literally hours talking about dumb dialogue dumb scenes i think i've hit the big ones let me check my notes um oh yeah no the very last one as well <laughs> just kind of at the end the end of this movie so basically Police come on into this room, uh, the house where the exorcism was performed. They see one dead priest, one dead little girl, absolutely no evidence of anything else kind of happening supernaturally besides just like chalk on the, that they drew on the floor and that sort of thing too. Like there is no way they're not making a million arrests at this point, right? No. Yeah, Wait, is this, is this in the modern day? Yeah, I think so. Uh, let's see here. It does not say. So I'm assuming modern day because they got cell phones and shit. Okay, because I'm just thinking, like, I feel like if I walked into a room with a bunch of religious people and a dead priest and a dead girl and two girls tied up into chairs, I I would I would have a lot of questions. I would. Yeah, I would too. I might just assume that everybody. And possessed. I'm a very open man, but that 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 that, that that's a line for me. <laughs> that's just that just seems weird to me. Um, yeah, but um, that's that, that's that I I am very hard line tying up 13 year old girls to chairs that is a very weird thing to be I, I know it might be controversial but to me that's a very weird thing to do but dan as long as you say they're possessed it's okay yeah as long as, as, long as you say <laughs> that, that, that she's she's insane that's okay uh that's that's what, <laughs> what a do. terrible movie uh, terrible but, terrible movie but, all right so let's get d- into our classic segment then wait, i want to end on one positive note though yeah uh the only positive like, thing that i liked the the scene where Catherine is in like the upside down essentially uh where she's or in the deeper or the deeper place mm-hmm. uh, is what it's like you know where she near the end uh, of the movie yeah so like and i assume that that, that what we're seeing is so basically at the end of the, the film um when they're deciding who are to keep and not to keep uh we again we don't get to see this with angela but we do see Catherine standing in like a, a hallway i'm assuming it's her house uh but it's like flooded with water so there's a layer of water on the ground she's like, looking around calling out for her parents trying to be saved uh and she just kind of gets dragged underneath the water which i think is again her going to hell um which i like that idea uh, i thought that was that is a creepy idea 
that like, I don't know, if you're a prisoner in your body, you know, you're kind of a prisoner in this house, you know, to a degree, or you can't get out of it, it's all dark and there's no light. Like, I like, I like the idea that that's kind of what you see when you're possessed, you know, you don't you see what's going on. Um, and I thought that was an effective, like, kind of like, it was like, the one thing I found effective in this movie, I think this is why I keep defending Catherine to a degree, is that like, I felt bad for a character at the end. Because I thought that that mm-hmm. was like, like, that scene to me was like a nice, like, kind of like hopeless scene of like, oh, this girl just like, you know, again, through no action of her own, really, was chosen to be taken to hell essentially uh and that's fucked up like that's that's like a you know again killing kids in movies fine you know for for the point uh that sounds kind of weird to say but you know what i mean like it's it's not a it's not too edgy to kill a kid in a movie but like just to have this kid who's like been going through all this hell and then at the end it's literally just like dragged away without getting to like really you know have a say in what happened or see participate in what's happening i think it's really kind of depressing uh especially you know she's calling out for her parents and shit and you're like oh fuck like I, i thought that was effective I think more of that kind of internal shit in this movie or in this franchise would have been really interesting of like what possession looks like, what it means for your soul to be taken down, you know, like we you know, and again, it's not just like snapping somebody's neck. This person is like being directly brought down to hell to be tortured. Like it's a very, like, I don't know. It's a very private and violating thing, uh, which I, don't know, I thought was really interesting. I, I thought that was mm-hmm. an effective thing. Um, so that's, that's my one plus for this movie. That one little scene at the end of the movie, which it isn't worth getting to, was nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree that that was a pretty all right scene. I, I do agree, very mean spirited on that front. And she was kind of a forgotten character because she just wasn't the main character. Wait. Um, Sorry, yeah. one last thing. She was dragged down to hell. So hell exists. So do some of these religions not have any effect then? Because if hell exists and demons are from hell, and this demon is named uh, whatever the fuck, Lamash do, and we know Pazuzu exists. So these are Christian uh, demons or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. didn't that already kind of tell you that there's one religion like, I, I guess but I mean like there's different versions of hell but at the same time too like I actually was talking about this with my wife and she said like oh yeah no there's no Jewish hell and I'm just like oh yeah that makes sense so so like but yeah. I guess that that's my question like wait actually let me see real quick I'm looking up uh, Lamashtu is she a Christian god if she's not that makes sense then if it could be anybody mm-hmm. a mythological hybrid she was the daughter of the sky. Oh, so she might be like a Mesopotamian god. Okay, that's sick. Okay. You know what? I take back some of my anger because that's actually kind of <laughs> awesome. So this isn't a Christian demon, and that's why it's not working. Ah, I think they never gotcha. explained that, but that makes a lot of sense. That she is, she doesn't so. have, a, I'm assuming it doesn't look like she has a Christian origin. So that's, okay, that makes a lot more sense as to why then they would need other things. You know what? Fuck movie. Still don't love you, but that's the I, that is a cool. That's touch. the two bits of praise you can give. Got yeah, it. that is that is cool. I like that. I like. You know what? Mm. All right. Oh, well, like anyway, let's get to our classic segment then. <laughs> so yes, this unfortunately is going to spawn two sequels. Apparently, uh, unless they just I don't know do the divergent route and go fund me for the last one or some shit like that. But I mean, they paid four hundred million dollars. They're I, gonna have to. They're I gonna have I've to heard, do something. I thought I've heard that they, they might drop it. I don't know where I, I where so. I'm hearing that. I heard I thought I heard they might drop it, um, just because it didn't. It's not doing well critically, or I think in the box office. Actually, I think the box office did no. okay, but you know you, you can't you can't fight against the Eras tour. That's, that's uh, yeah, no, definitely. Oh yeah, that that is one of my favorite facts about this movie. So it was originally supposed to release on Friday the thirteenth, but they moved it up a week because Taylor Swift's Era Tours is going was opening on the same day as well. They they announced it um, after the release had been announced, so they basically moved it up a week so that they, it's not competing with the Eras Tour, um, which somebody called the Xer Swift, which, God, God 
damn, that's good. Man, that would have been that would have been amazing. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Actually, wait, Dan. Uh, one, one last thing before we get into our context segment. Did you hear um, the what William Freakin said his quote about when they, when he heard about the Exorcist believer? No. So he said, uh, uh, I, I guess he's talking to, to a film critic named Ed Whitfield, and the quote is, "Ed, the guy who made those new Halloween sequels is about to make one of to my movie, The Exorcist. That's right. My signature film is about to be." Uh, extended by the man who made Pineapple Express. Then he goes on to say, I don't want to be around when that happens, but if there's a spirit world and I can come back, I plan to possess David Gordon Green and make his life a living hell. What an amazing... Wow. And then, wow. And then, he, and then he passed away in August, I think. So. Oh my god, please. Alright, so I'm reading the Wikipedia article for right now. I need to check this source, but basically um, after the poor reception of Believer, sources from the Hollywood Report proclaimed that there would almost certainly be some degree of creative rethink for the next two films and that david recently expressed some doubt about his participation Ooh, david gordon i will see your next film i will hate it probably at this point with this is this is going to end with one of us being destroyed like it's it's you you are my you are my primary screwhead nemesis at this point i i can't think of anyone else who is better suited for this I mean, I'd be down to see uh, another movie by him that wasn't one of these. Like, I want to see what he does with his own with his own source. Like, that's that's what I want to see. I want to see him do his own thing and see what he makes with that. I'm sure I've seen a movie of his, but mm-hmm. that's you know, like maybe maybe he just shouldn't be doing these movies. Uh, yeah, like you, how UV Ball um, when he's not doing something video game related, he actually makes like a mediocre movie, not a good movie, but a mediocre movie. But uh, yeah, yeah. I'm to see I, I, guess I, so. I don't see any movies of his that I really like. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> of course not because he's our nemesis we hate that's him true. you're right you're right you're right uh-huh uh but yes that's uh kind of how it goes uh, on that front so yes so we are looks like they're creatively rethinking it so let's say you're in the boardroom at blumhouse and basically everyone is screaming at david gordon green and david gordon green comes up to you and says pretty much screwhead andrew i love your podcast you are very learned in the way of horror movies please go ahead tell me what we should do so i can keep my job how would you phrase it how would you go from here all right, all right. So actually, I think I already pitched it, honestly. Uh, I came up with it while we were talking. But I, yeah, I would pitch it. Um, I would I would make it the... I would go back in time. I would be like, fuck this movie. <laughs> Let's go back in time. And I would make it uh, the, you know, the story of uh, the fall of uh, Reagan and Chris's relationship. And I would just make it a, you know, following that story. You know, like, fuck the believer. Uh, and, you know, have it be about uh, the, their relationship and kind of how this affected them. And, you know, that, again, that idea that Pazuzu is somehow coming back. I, I think it needs to be about Pazuzu. I think, like, you can always go in other directions, but I think to start off the series, you need to bring back Pazuzu. And mm-hmm. I, think that's, I think that's an important thing. And I think the idea that it's this one demon that's back and is angry is cool. Because the father's not here, right? So the father was alive at the end mm-hmm. of the first movie. So maybe this is how the father dies, you know? Have it be that story of like, you know, not being quite sure if, uh, you know, the mom and the and uh, the father and Reagan, kind of after the events of the Exorcist. I don't know if they're in the sequels. I don't give a fuck. Uh, have it be them just kind of get trying to get back to normalcy. You know, maybe akin to uh, uh, Insidious Two, something similar to that, where they're trying to re kind of come back from that. And have it be kind of like see Reagan dealing with like going back to school and she after having this happen to her and having like maybe she thinks Flash is what happened maybe she saw like when she killed that priest and he got the heart attack and shit maybe like those things are going on so she sees that and you know that's affecting her and giving her mental turmoil essentially um, and while that's happening 
you know, we see uh, Chris and the father dealing with that. You know, maybe again, maybe this brings back Chris' relig- Chris's religion. So she is, you know, trying to work her way through that. And maybe the father's denying it. Maybe he's turning into drinking and some of that. So he's not part of it either. And maybe that makes him, you know, open. Maybe because he's not taking it seriously or he's, you know, not be addressing it. You know, Pazuzu's able to take that link from Reagan and go into him. Something like that, you know? And have it be that story. And like that, that can be it. You know, maybe in the end, the father does what the priest does, kills himself. You know, so that, that's, you know, that's the it rhyming with the previous one. You know, it's the same solution, yeah. but in a different way. It's not a priest doing this. It's not some, like, holy thing. It's this father just trying to protect his kids. Uh, his, you know, and it's the mom and the daughter coming back together. That that would be my, that'd be my movie. And, uh, I don't know. Uh, this one's called Deceiver. There we go. I'll take Exodus Deceiver because the Deceiver is uh, the dad. I don't know. Or even her. I don't know. Maybe there's another kid. You know, like, you, you can bring other things into it. But I think, I think you know to reboot this franchise and to bring this back, you need to bring back characters we care about and have a story. Um, and this didn't do that. Um, you know, like if they're planning to do something with Victor or my assumption is that deceiver, if I'm going to make the plot here is going to be the in deceiver Angela is still possessed and they deceived them by pretending that she wasn't, she was safe, but she actually wasn't. That's going to be, I, honestly, I think that's probably what they're going to be doing. They're going to do something that, like that. going to be exactly it. Um, so, you know, that could be interesting again, because we've established characters at this point. But I think, you know, the way, to, the way to do it is to go back and take these characters and, you know, develop the continuity or flesh out the world enough that it would make sense to go off into other branches and do other things. Like, mm-hmm. you know, get, give it like Evil Dead where you need, you know, establish a clear base for what the rules are and what goes on. And then you can make the Evil Dead Rises where, like, it's another universe, you know, it's another instance things are happening in a different place. But you need to have a buy-in first. And they, and they just didn't do that with this movie. So that's, that is my Exorcist prequel sequel. Or... Yeah. You know, again, actually, here we go. Same idea, same thing. Have it be two concurrent stories. Have it be the story of the loss of Reagan's father through the possession after Pazuzu and how Pazuzu hung on to her. And take that and have that go with, um, I already forgot her name, with um, Angela, or whatever her name is, and how Lamashtu is still inside of her. So have it be that those, you're seeing that kind of coming back through her. And you see that, and as that hours we're seeing this play out, and Victor trying to deal with that, and Reagan and them trying to help them, and be like, no, 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 she's still possessed. You can't. It doesn't go away that easily. You have to work. You have to do more work than that. And have as we're talking about that, this this the same concurrent story will be the story of Reagan coming back from that. So that way mm-hmm. you can have, you get the modern actor of Linda Blair. You can also have a kid somebody playing Linda Blair in the past. So you know you get both of it, and it's a you know it's still the story of Victor and his and Angela's relationship developing. So you're not losing that thread. Um, but you know again, it's also fatherhood for Victor who is the, you know, kind of the main character of the story. It's him developing that and then seeing how, you know, Reagan's fatherhood kind of like his, his way of protecting his daughter in a different way than the way that uh, Victor is. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's my story. Done. All right. Gotcha. That was very confusing, but your turn. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha there. Um, no, I, I, I think they're going to put Linda Blair back on in again. Um, I hope she doesn't. I hope she says no, absolutely not. But I mean, she signed on on this one and I'm hoping not on that front. Um, I, I do think, especially after the feedback with this movie, especially what we talk about for Catherine, I think it might be something like Catherine. Actually, no, I like this idea. What if Catherine, after she gets pulled to hell, becomes a demon and then she tries to possess Angela again because she's pissed off that Angela was the one that survived and Catherine died. And it's all kind of dealing with that. And then, two, we can do the two-pronged approach in terms of the parents are thinking to themselves, oh, 
we can get our little girl back. Sure, it's going to be in another girl, little girl's body, but that's fine. You know, we'll, we'll deal. We'll manage on that front. So not only is there an antagonist from the um, spiritual realm for the demon, Catherine Demon, but also from the physical realm as well in terms of the parents. So you're going like full evil parents, like kidnapping. Yeah. And, like... Okay. All right. I like it. So, I, like, I would yeah. say that. I would say like they completely break and so going, like, go full on evil. Kind of. Like, yeah. With like outside aggressors. That, that is a good thing. Like, yeah, I guess we don't really see any like human villains in these movies. Uh, so that, that would be interesting. And actually, ooh, you, can even, you can even have, you know, you have the mother leading it and the mother is possessed um, by, uh, by Lamashtu because she's the one who like fucks children, right? So it makes sense that she's kind of like working to get her mm. demon child now, essentially. You know, she, she pulled uh, Catherine into, the, into hell and made her a demon and now she kind of like is going to want her back in the real world with her, essentially. Mm-hmm. That could be interesting. I, I, could, I could see that being being cool you know i'll also be hilarious if they did like i don't know <laughs> have it be like another kind of possession but have it be some like you know now that we've determined that maybe they're not all christian uh demons who are there have it be like i don't know uh fucking thor possesses one of them <laughs> <laughs> like oh no reagan she's like another brother come here <laughs> like i don't know i would i would love i fuck it i want i want the exorcist to go just like the children of the corner let's just go over the top be insane or, yep. or actually, so you know how they have voodoo now? They have the hoodoo in this movie? Uh-huh. Have fucking you Charles do. Lee Ray come up and, like, you know, be a Chucky prequel. And be like, <laughs> she taught me voodoo. That's how I got my body. You know? And, like, that, make that it. Make, make this be, like, tie this into the Chucky universe. And be like, I split my soul into all these different, these dolls, bro. You should do that with, uh, with uh, fucking, um, let's do whatever your name is. This, this is your doll now. This is your body. Like, uh-huh. like. I just think, I think The Exorcist doesn't have it to be a franchise. No, um, that's, I agree. That's that's just it for me. Like you, again, I think if they if they somehow made Pazuzu be Pinhead, you know, if they had made the villain iconic enough that it wasn't just Reagan's body, that it could do other things, and you know, push if you push that ahead, if you push Pazuzu or you know something that connects them enough that it's not just like random series of Exorcist movies, that could be interesting. But at this point, there's so many like movies about possession that it's it's hard to just say like well this is the one that has the name exorcist but you're like but what makes it at the exorcist other than the name like i think that's where it really is lost it's like texas chainsaw has uh leatherface you know um sinister bagul insidious has at least this idea of the further which is constantly connecting them the exorcist has nothing unique about it other than the fact that there's an exorcist like there's so many movies that can do that that you could you could title so many other movies Exorcist 10, I wouldn't fucking know the difference because there's nothing that's distinguishing it from another Exorcist movie. Like, mm-hmm. So I think for that reason, it's very hard to make a franchise. And if they're going to make a franchise, they need to ensure either a continuity of characters that is firm and not just side characters or a continuity of like the villain or the theme of that villain because nothing about this movie couldn't have been like, I don't know, fucking walking on hell could be the name of the movie i'd be like all right cool like you know mm-hmm. that that's there needs to be if you're if you're gonna franchise a movie it needs to have hallmarks that make it that franchise other than that it's about an exorcist because that is not something unique anymore um yeah so i agree yeah. i agree it just it's it's one of those movies i feel like they started it it did good and the only other good movie in this series they did something different in terms of the serial killer angle and that's that's it. So that's that sounds so interesting. I love that that, yeah. that like you that you've sold me on that movie right there. 
I assumed that it was just another fucking possession movie about some like kid. Like that's that sounds infinitely more interesting. Um, and actually, uh, you know, I, I think to talk about that. So I started watching The Pope's Exorcist the other day. As uh, I didn't get to finish, unfortunately. Um, but the first five minutes of that movie, there's an exorcism, and it's fucking amazing. It's it's so funny the way it happens, and like just like I don't know the way Russell Crowe approaches it. He's just kind of like laughing, and like I don't know. He's like he's like mocking the demon almost like oh okay like what what's you know what's your demon goal and he's like ah he's like come on man tell me what your goal he's like i'm not i'm not gonna tell you that he's like why not just, just tell me what you're if you know if you if you are a demon like which demon are you like you know, give me some more information so i can like, work with this and, the, and like he's basically just like fucking with the kid and like is even like at the end it's kind of like at the like when he's talking with the preacher later he's like you know like it's not always like sometimes people are just kind of crazy and you just got to kind of work with their mental state like that felt like the more like realistic grounded exorcism than this fucking movie mm. <laughs> like i was so much more interested in that world of exorcism because there were rules and there seemed to be like some like logic to it that this movie didn't have and like the fact that this like i know it wasn't a straight to video movie but it felt like a straight to video movie with like the pope's exorcist starring russell crowe as like an italian man who like <laughs> claims to like you know exercise a million demons or whatever the fact that that is a more entertaining movie than this legacy sequel to a beloved fr- like quote-unquote franchise but mostly single movie is insane like mm-hmm. like the fact that movie did it and this movie couldn't is just crazy um so yeah. you know if you if you're gonna go see this movie and you want to see exorcist movie go see watch the pope's exorcist i'm gonna finish it later today because i really enjoyed it uh <laughs> and i would not if i if i had the chance to stop this movie and walk out of it i would not have come back um mm-hmm. so yeah pretty bad Absolutely. all right then all right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, once again, we still have one more movie in our Reboot Ween series. That is going to be the new Pet Cemetery. So go ahead and look out for that one next Thursday. Um, other than that, thank you so much to our opening theme song. That is Horror Movie Story by the band Teddy's Atlas. You can get that off the album Children of the Corn. They're good, good Canadian boys. If you want to listen to our previous episodes on Saw X and Children of the Corn Remake, uh, you'll be able to see that, or Reboot. Uh, those are out. You can see that in our little bit of a series. Um, yeah, and that's all we got for you today. So thank you so much for listening, and stay groovy. Bye.